Welcome back to another episode of Chad and MJC Talking Bulls. I'm your host, Chad, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael Schwick. How's it going? It's uh, been a couple weeks since we've done this. It has been a couple. It's been long enough for the Bulls to have ups and downs, but not like mixed in there. They It was literally like streaks. Yeah, it was before the All-Star break, like, hell yeah, everything's going to be all right. And then <laughs> All-Star break ends and here we are yeah it it really came down to our main stars um it seems like like DeRozan and Levine still averaging amazing numbers but watching these games it just doesn't seem like they're right I know Zach had the knee issues that the Bulls are likely him and the Bulls are likely downplaying but DeRozan just until last night, I will say, has looked tired or something. He just hasn't looked like who we've seen all season. He looks like he's he looks like the player who's been in the most games this season, which he has. Yeah. Been. He's I'm, I pulled up the stats right now. He's played 62 games of the 66 that they played, and he started all 62. The second closest player to him is Vooch at 58 games. Golly. And, and Vooch doesn't play as many minutes of, as him at all. At all. Yeah, it's like 33 minutes for Vooch, 36 for uh, DeMar. He's starting to get tired. He He's at this point where I, he's not going to want to do it, but they might need to like rest him a little bit. We can't rest. I don't feel we can. Not no, right. Well, not, when we get people back, maybe. Yeah, but like right now they can't do it at all. But like, man, if they were a little bit more comfortable, uh, this would probably be the perfect time to give him a day off. And let Zach Levine just take over a little bit, especially Zach's only played fifty four games. I know he's got the knee problems, but yeah, Zach has Zach has been grinding my gears a little bit. It's not necessarily the quality of play; it's just the small things. Like the biggest issue to me right now is, and you see it at least two times a game. Usually, I think closer to ten times a game than two, where he's just not getting back on defense. He's crying the referees all the time as if we're not shorthanded, as if he's not supposed to be our best player, even though technically right now he's our second best player. And that's the kind of energy that we don't need in a close playoff race like you, this. Not not to be that guy, but do you think that's part of the problem, is he's not the best player on the team, and it's kind yes. of affecting him? Yes. Okay. I, 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 I recall I mentioned it, like, first five I've gained the season, and I, it came to a head for me earlier, early in the season when they played the Knicks, the same game Patrick Williams got injured. It just looked like DeMar DeRozan was killing. We should have won that game. But then Zach Levine just wanted to go off on his own and prove something. But then he settled down for the majority of the season. But it's just those moments where he's like, shit, if I'm not the best player, I don't need to be down there on D or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes it, it feels like he's coasting a little bit because like right now in terms of like star power it's demar is the one who's like on covers of like magazines everyone's talking about him demar felt like he fit in the all-star game amongst all the other stars mm -hmm. and zach kind of doesn't feel like that and then in terms of chicago people only want to really talk about demar and io and then jack or at least that's how it seems like when i talk to other people they only want to talk about demar they only want to talk about io that's because, in my opinion, if you look at DeMar and Io, while they are not perfect, 
you can't really pick out things that they're doing bad consistently and especially not from an effort sense like Demar and I will give 110% every game yeah even when they probably shouldn't but Zach Levine expect you just don't see this from players in contract year I don't feel like like it's one thing to hear him say he wants he's not saying he wants a max contract he wants what he's deserved but then when you look at the effort and you look at his injury history and you look at his winning history, what has he deserved? Yeah. To me, it's nowhere near a max contract. And that's what and I, maybe he needs to be the third best player on a team. Before this season, I was like, yeah, he deserves a max. But going into going into this and being like, I mean, if DeMar can give us like three more seasons like this, it's like, uh, do you really need Levine at a max? Or do you ask mm-hmm. Levine like, you're going to have to take a pay cut from what you want if you want to make a winning team because this team still needs to add a piece. Exactly. And they don't have the cap space to add a piece at all right now. And and it's like, I, I don't want to be hypercritical of Zach Levine because I do like him, have always liked him since college to Minnesota, dunk contest, all that shit. I've always wanted to see Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan on the same team. And then we got Derrick Jones Jr. too, and I just got as moist as could be. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... Like when he's on the defensive end and he looks lost, I'm not mad at him. I'm, I can be critical, but I'm like, at least he's showing effort and trying. But it's those plays where it's like, I'm just throwing a number out there, but an estimate off of what I've seen, the eye test or whatever, is like pretty much 90% of the plays that he's sitting down on the other end of the court crying, we give up points on that drive. And it, he just, it's not, it's not good team basketball and it's a very bad look in my opinion. well I, I wonder if it bothers him because like demar gets the star treatment on calls you know not that demar doesn't deserve like the calls he gets yeah but he definitely gets that like respect from the referees and zach doesn't quite get that respect and probably spends too much time demanding that respect from the referees by complaining about calls he gets calls more than derrick rose ever did yeah but like in comparison, I wonder if it's just like the little things that are just getting to him, you know, like because yeah. Demar gets to the line consistently and yeah. makes good on those shots, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, uh, but but it's, also it could just be that his his knee is really hurting him, you know, so it could be that's, that's very why. realistic. And uh, he was at that Knicks game; he had torn ligaments in his wrist or whatever. He insisted on driving into double, triple traffic and quote unquote getting fouled but getting no calls. Mm-hmm. To me, like, how much pain are you in if you looking for that? He claims, again, I feel like I'm being hypercritical of, of Zach, but at the same time, I feel like he's reached that star level where as we reach crunch time in this season, it's better to say it than not say it. And I feel like he has made a big effort to be recognized more as a three point shooter than a dunker. And he's not making the threes as much right now. Like he's taking bad shots. He's missing open ones. And that those things happen. But it really stands out to me when you're supposed to be our best player and you're not putting in the effort on the defensive end because you're trying to go to the paint. Like you have you have help. This isn't last year's Bulls or the past three years or whatever. He has help and recognizing that should not take eighty two games. Yeah, if anything, I, I think the Outside of Io, who just 
is going 100% at all times. Since Lonzo Ball went out with an injury, like I feel like almost everyone's defense has dropped down just a little bit because they're just yeah. used to Lonzo being that like defensive general where he's just always putting effort in and then you can slack a little bit because you know Lonzo is going to step up. Mm-hmm. And especially when you talk about like the times where Zach Levine's on the floor with Lonzo and Caruso, he literally can just like relax. And he, lo- and and he even looked it. better though. He looked more engaged on defense with Lonzo there. Like, like I'm not there. I can't hear what Lonzo's saying to him, but maybe it's more of like a, a defensive leader kind of keeping them in line. Yeah. Calling and we don't spots have that. basically. And it can't be Caruso. Like, even if Caruso is healthy and I know he has a lot of respect, I highly doubt Zach Levine is really taking anything Caruso says to heart in that regard. Whereas like Alonzo, he pretty much recruited Lonzo to Chicago. Yeah. I, I, well, I think Lonzo is like, he's the general on the actual court for when it comes to defensive stuff. Mm-hmm. Like DeMar handles the offense because uh, it goes through him, especially in the fourth. Caruso is probably that guy though. You need him in practice to push you. So him being out too probably doesn't help because I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Caruso is defending Zach on practice to push him. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, so th- th- there's a lot of different things that could be going on with Zach Levine right now, which is just going to make the offseason super interesting. Like, I don't I don't see him walking because I don't see any other team really want paying what he wants. Yeah. So it's going to be one of those scenes where if he might need to take a short term contract uh, and, you know, get what he can from the Bulls play that out, maybe play out DeMar DeRozan's, uh, you know, contract and then go from there. Uh, Because I don't see DeMar DeRozan getting a second contract from the Bulls at his age. Mm, That would be tough. I would welcome it. But (laughs) at the same time, I don't know, man. DeRozan has been quote unquote done for like years at this point. I I don't even know. Maybe he does have it in him. Maybe he's just got a sustainable play style that'll last. I mean, but yeah. I still don't think the Bulls will offer him like something big. No, no, it would be another short-term contract because he's on a what a three-year. Uh, I think he's on like, yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, so I could see, I could see Levine being like, yeah, I'll sign a two-year, and then it's it's kind of almost as if they signed him to that three years of like, okay, we know we got this year with Zach. In case we don't bring Zach back, at least we have you for year two. And depending on where that goes, he potentially gets traded to reshift the team a bit in year three. And also Not really just, my ideal, though. But Yeah, but also he's 32, so he'll be 35 when his contract's up, and that's like a perfect time to reevaluate. Yeah, that's a buyout right there. Yeah, that, but that's a perfect time to reevaluate, like, what are we doing? And that's also the age where someone like DeMar will look at a team that is a super team and be like, I can help them. Yeah. And, and Speaking of, like, not to just be on this episode and uh leading off with all the downers and all that shit um DeRozan and Levine have not been playing as well as they as we've gotten used to this season but let's talk about Vucevic yeah this motherfucker has been balling and I don't take back anything I said at the start of the season nope no I don't because I think he's better for it this motherfucker is balling he seems way more lively uh like he's I don't know it just seems like he his legs work compared to where they were like they, his legs were made of concrete, you know, yeah. in the first yeah. like 20 games of the season. 
it's like he had to thaw him out or something like he wasn't used to being in the cold weather yeah, in Chicago. now now he's going all out he, he's putting effort in not that he wasn't putting effort in the beginning but it's at least more visible now to where he's like a yeah. solid person on the team i mean i still don't trust him going against like Embiid or Giannis, Definitely but not. he at least can be a headache for them in but terms of at his, this point, his range I think at this point, too, I don't like Embiid's chances of matching up with him. Like, I don't think either of them in a seven-game series will stop the other, is what I mean. Like, they're both playing so... uh, Actually, I just watched the um, (laughs) Sixers-Nets game, and the Nets don't have... Well, they got Andre Drummond, but Joel Embiid kind of had a shitty game. And I'm positive he would have wanted to put it down today against... With Ben Simmons on the sideline, like he ain't had Ben Simmons on the sideline all year, even when they were teammates. He's finally there. All that shit they talk, and he shits the bed. Well, it's funny though. The, this game, I saw some of the highlights, but like they, the thing we talked about last episode, they gave away so much depth to to, to pull off this trade, and they definitely kind of needed that because it does feel like it's just Harden and Bead and like other guys. <laughs> I thought. I thought it was so funny that the first three shot, like James Harden started the game one for 12 and then eventually became three for 16. And the only shots he made were three pointers and they were down by like 20 plus. And I'm like, okay, so I guess the Sixers got what they wanted. They wanted somebody that shoots threes as opposed to take smart shots, I guess. Good job. Basically, basically they just really, and the funny thing is games like this, like, I just imagine Harden is already just like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to, I'm looking for my, my next team. He's engaged when he thinks they're the best team in the world. And then they get shown up and James Harden kind of starts to deteriorate a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if his hamstring strings start hurting at an inopportune <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. He gets his, uh, his, his suit out that makes him yeah. a little heavier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree but what, speaking of, I, I went, oh go ahead, go ahead no but one thing i like like because i you know he's a free agent at the end of the season i believe yeah, and the philly crowd is the most brutal crowd in terms of how you know vicious they get he doesn't show up in the playoffs he's not resigning because this the philly crowd yep. is not gonna give him anything yep dude the, the sixers were down 20 points or near 20 points and their response was the chant, fuck Ben Simmons. Like, well, I mean, to uh, be fair, right. <laughs> the reason they should say that is because it's him that hardens on their team and they have no depth. That so, is true. They lost Seth Curry, lost Andre Drummond. I'm so, not, I think I said it in our last episode. That Harden trade made me significantly less concerned with the Sixers, but significantly more concerned with the Nets which kind of ties into the play in not well, because the Sixers are the Sixers are going to stay high seeded but the Nets are due for a comeback. Yeah, I I think we're the Nets right now. They're the 8th seed. There's no way they're the 8th seed at the end of the season. The not the Nets The Nets are probably going to be able to work their way up to like the 5th seed. I see I've heard a lot of concern with Cleveland and I do Understand as a division team and with how good their young team has been playing, it should be concerning to a degree that they're what two games, a game and a half behind us. Mm-hmm. But 
if I had to guess, they'll be in the play-in game, likely playing against Toronto. I don't even know if I see the Hawks making it to the 10 seed. I see they're there now. Yeah, but, but I'm just not sold on it. It's that. New York and Washington behind them. I think they'll they'll be fine. Yeah, you're right about that. I think this is it. Like the the seeding today, it's not in the right order, but these are the teams. Like, yeah, you may be right. There. I don't I don't see the Wizards or the Knicks or the Pacers doing any sort of move. Uh, well, oh, definitely not the Pacers, but I don't see the Knicks or the Wizards sliding in there and knocking out the Hawks. The Knicks just lost Cam Reddish for the year, but they are on a three-game win streak, and they, they do still have tips. And I mean, I, I hate the Knicks as much as anyone, but they were a top team to start the season. They could potentially get back to I that know, place then, at the right time. But Tibbs is still there right now, so they're, they're in where they're at. Tibbs, Tibbs going to wear their ass out. Yes, yeah. a fact. Love you, Tibbs, if you listen to our podcast. Shout out to the boy. You're always welcome in Chicago, but... I don't know necessarily as a coach. You you definitely wear players out. Yeah, he he does. Like I don't know if he ever can go back down to an assistant coach, but I think that's where he probably should be. Nah. He, could you imagine him as a college coach? No, that's why you can <laughs> never do that. He they none of his players would make it to to the NBA. They would be <laughs> yeah. they'd be broken by the time they make it. They they'd be like so tired through the through one year. That they can't produce well enough, so they have to stay all four years. On a, and in those four years, they have as much mileage as like an NBA player on a 16-year tenure. I, I really, I, in my head, I really want to see Tibbs coach Russell Westbrooks at one point in his career. I don't know why oh I want to see that God. pairing together. You, you want to see Tibbs have like a heart attack or an aneurysm or something. I No, I just want to see them break out into a fist fight. <laughs> That's exactly what it would be. <laughs> Tibbs would have no voice. With, with, it would with be Scott like Skiles as an assistant. <laughs> oh, Scott. What was Scott? Well, Scott Skiles is a fighter. Uh, so. Yeah, he has uh, Shaq nose and Shaq beat his ass for <laughs> or no, I, the only reason I met I put Scott Skiles in that thing is I just remember him kind of bullying Eddie Curry, where Eddie Curry would be looking to get out the game, and Scott Skiles would just ignore Eddie Curry. Like I don't yeah, see. Yeah, he just walked to the score saver and turn turn around. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Eddie, uh, Scott Skiles was one of my least favorite coaches. Can't deny we were winning a bit, but yeah. I just remember oh. Eddie Curry being out of shape, and Scott Skiles was like, "Yeah, you're gonna get in shape by playing, so I'm not gonna take you out." Flash forward, turns out Eddie Curry has a heart condition. Thanks, yeah. Scott Skiles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't didn't always work out, but Skiles has a little bit of Tibbs in him in terms of working him out. Yeah. I think Tibbs will pull somebody for a heart condition. Hi, <laughs> I'm man. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was the one telling Derrick Rose, like, take as much time as you need. We'll be ready. We hope you're back. Yeah, after he got him time. to that point. Yeah, true. Uh, um. <laughs> But luckily, yeah. <laughs> speaking of wearing players out, luckily our biggest or only post-trade down deadline acquisition, Tristan Thompson is here for exactly that. Beat people's asses and wear them down. And it kind of be a tough for Carlos Boozer. Yeah, but, but that's be. not saying much. Like yeah. this this I is mean, for what we signed Carlos Boozer for, we were expecting bows to be thrown but he kind of we didn't we did not get that at all <laughs> we got we got spray hair carlos boozer uh, yeah, just for men <laughs> carlos boozer lebron really copied boozer 
Luther was the one with the the spray on hair. And you don't see him running from it. What's LeBron having people fired for because they record videos of him getting his hair sprayed on? Man. Embrace it. You know what sucks is like, this is the current state of the NBA where we look at Thompson as an enforcer. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's not. But he was the best signing that they could have made in terms of they, they needed someone to back up Tibbs. Because they don't know what's going on with Patrick Williams. They'll, or you mean there's hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, tips. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, I, I want to see him suit up one game. Uh, no, they needed someone to back up Vooch. Thompson is the best option they had until Patrick Williams comes back. Because uh, I think Patrick Williams is going to come off the bench. Uh, it yeah, just makes sense because uh, he's been gone the entire year. So they needed someone to back up Vooch, and they found it with Thompson. He he's good good in starts, you know, like uh, like st- uh, starts and stops. Like, like he he has his little moments where he can do do well, but it's a yeah. decent pickup for what was available. I mean, there wasn't yeah. a lot on the buyout market. Statistically, he's been absolutely terrible, but I credit him for our win last night. Like we need somebody on that sideline to, you know, say stop being so laid back, like cool we don't want to stress things over here but for real show some urgency for four quarters and this he got that ass on the sideline you you typically don't like to see teammates going at it like that on the sideline but it it's helpful sometimes and if they have a healthy enough relationship and enough of a bond it usually makes them stronger yeah and then also he's like best friends with demar Derozan apparently so like we're talking about DeMar looking just a little bit tired. Maybe he gives him energy, you know, having someone <laughs> close by him that he, you know, he's familiar with there. Yeah. Did they ever play together before? I'm not too sure. I would have to look at his history, but apparently like DeMar's the one who like contacted him uh. and was like trying to get him over here. So uh, I, I'm not too sure. I don't I don't know anything about Tristan Thompson personality or anything like that. I just hear what I hear in the tabloids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let men in black tell it the tabloids are where you find out about aliens and shit, the real ones. So <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, maybe it's all true, but you never know. Yeah, just uh there's so many things we can say about Thompson that we just won't say. <laughs> so yeah, with with sixteen games left. And we've only played the Bucks twice, never with a healthy roster. It would make more sense for me to say they are one of my most concerning teams in the conference, but they aren't. I'd say my most concerning team is the Nets and vicariously Cleveland because they are in a position to put us in, like to jump us in a play in. But I'm not, I'm honestly not concerned about Cleveland. I'm still. No disrespect to them. I'm unimpressed. But yeah. a lot of people are impressed. So when it comes to like teams that could jump the Bulls, the Bulls are right now fourth seed, and they are, I think, in a, uh, a tie with Boston. Just edging out Boston because they played like one less game. I don't mind them going against Boston. I don't mind them going against Cleveland. I actually hope they go against Cleveland. Before recording, I told exactly. Chad... Like, if Patrick Williams comes back, his first series being against Laurie and Love would be amazing for him in terms of not having to put too much pressure on him defensively and letting him build up to having to go against an Embiid or 
a Giannis. It gives him that mm-hmm. flexibility or it gives him a way to build up, you know, what he needs yeah. to build up because get that confidence and conditioning. Cause if he has to start, like if the bulls fall down to seven or something and have to do the play in and have to go against an Embiid, it would be fun to watch. Um, I don't want to see it happen. It, I, don't, I don't want to be in a playoffs, but it would be fun to see. Um, who's the dude from Scotty Barnes versus Patrick Williams? Because I really wanted to see them on the same team. And, I mean, it'll never happen, but that's just such a beautiful matchup to watch. But it, I don't know if it would go well for us yeah, in an early round. Like a right, one game to, to play in. Right now, I think, you know, Miami, Milwaukee, and Philly, they're they are locked in. Those are your top three seeds for the season. Uh, yeah, possible. We it, might catch Philly. I think Philly will stay in the top four. But I think we could catch them in terms of like we might be the three seed. Ah, uh, man. I'm so I'm looking at the rest of the season. Uh, that it's we've... a pretty easy schedule. We we've got some tests, and I consider Cleveland easy, even though I just said they're a threat because by definition they're a threat. But it looks easy to me. So it looks like so I'm looking at the rest of the games. There's 16 games. Cleveland. They can win. The Kings, they can win. They probably can't beat the Jazz. The Suns are kind of in a weird spot right now. So I'm going to say they, I'm still going to say they can't beat the Suns. So that's going two and two. Suns, for sure. I think we lose that. Uh, Raptors, winnable. So I'm going to go three, two. Bucks, they're not winning that. So they're three, three. I'm saying we're busting the Bucks ass. We, we got, it's due. It's due. Not happening. Then you got the Pelicans. Technically, Caruso's supposed to, from a like Windy City Bulls ad I saw, they play on March 20th and it's like Caruso Day. So I'm presuming they're going to give him time to play and warm up there. Might even get Patrick Williams there since they were both clear for contact yesterday. Then the next day, we play the Raptors at home. So that might be where we get them. And then we travel like an hour and a half away to the Bucks. And Caruso is. The Bucks had to play dirty to beat us shorthanded and then they beat us again shorthanded barely i I think there's going to be a lot of emotion here and i don't think they're going to sweep us on the season yeah no i i I think they might uh but when i look at the rest of the season i mean you know after that they pelicans cavaliers knicks wizards clippers that's a five game win streak if if there is one to be had and then again they have the the Heat, Bucks, Celtics, Celtics Hornets, Bulls, so we, a little challenging, but I th- I could see them walking away two three three two from that last five games. So, but yeah. the beautiful thing about the first four of those last five Heat, Bucks, Celtics, Hornets, those are like essentially dress rehearsals for teams we could see in the playoffs. Like any of those teams could be somebody we play in the first round, depending on where we go. I'm not including playing. So what I would have to do, because you think they can catch catch Philly? I think they catch Philly. Especially, I don't know. I'm high on my own pot news right now. Shout out to my boy Stewie who coined that phrase for me. Uh, but after watching that Sixers game, I already wasn't especially high on them. But I thought they went out through the season, through the regular season. I'm not sure now. Okay. Uh, what I if think I they could drop? Okay. Do you want to know the next 16 games for the Sixers? Yeah, let's do it. Magic, Nuggets, Oof. Cavs, 
Mavericks, Raptors, Heat, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Bucks, Pistons, Hornets, Cavs, Pacers, Raptors, Pacers, Pistons. They have the easiest, like the last five or six games are really easy for them. As opposed to the Bulls who, if they're lucky, they go 3-2 their last five games. Yeah, you're on to something there. The, the, the Sixers just have a slightly easier schedule uh, for the last bit of games. That I think that I think the Bulls are kind of locked in at fourth. I know you're worried about them slipping to the play-in. I, I'm not. Okay. Just, I have friends who are concerned with it, and I've heard it from enough people where I feel like it has to be addressed as a legitimate concern. But I, I don't think we'll be, I don't know, record-wise maybe because it is a close race. But I, in terms of play-in and where we'll be seated, I don't think we'll be close to a play-in. I think you're right. Three or four. Yeah. I if, know, man. Fuck the Bucks. Excuse my language. So, but I am not high on the Bucks right now. I I was Bucks in six last year because, you know, Midwest over everything. But this year is personal. Yeah. but And then if I look at Celtics, uh, their last... Six games are Heat, Pacers, Wizards, Bulls, Bucks, Grizzlies. So that's the thing about the Celtics; they literally could lose to anybody and have shown that at any time. Yeah, they could. No, but I'm uh, at least showing you that like the Celtics are more likely to drop out of that. Yeah, you're right. uh, And and in the play-in because Boston or not Boston, Brooklyn's replacing one of these teams. Brooklyn is not going to be in the play-in. I, yeah, I don't they're, think they're going to be at the. They're going to be a. They're they're going to be like seated. Kevin Durant might secure MVP with what he might do to end this season. Yes, uh, and then Ben Simmons is going to probably play tomorrow, for all we know, because you know yeah. the Sixers got embarrassed, so he's he's going to be feeling pretty pretty well. <laughs> he's going to be feeling good. Um, yeah, I say that. The Heat are the team that I don't want to see head-to-head in the playoffs. No, I don't. I just all season have felt like we can't beat them head-to-head. But I think the Nets will be their issue somehow, some way. And I don't know how, but hopefully they just that works itself out. And I think we stand a better chance against the Nets. Although I do think the Nets are going to be the... Eastern Conference representatives, if Ben Simmons plays. Though, I will say, like, I don't like the... For whatever reason, like, I I don't want to match up against the Heat. I don't want the Bulls matching up against them. But if it's a conference finals and it's Bulls-Heat in a a, seven-game series, that's winnable. Oh, I I mean, that's a win for the morale. I don't know. I don't know if we can beat them in a seven-game series. But I don't think they're, like, not beatable. I think the best bet in that scenario is that Jimmy Butler is worn out by then. That's what I, that that's kind of what I'm banking on. Cause Which, love you, Jimmy, but come on, we can all admit you go a little too hard sometimes. No, then that, you almost have to rely on that if, you're, if your team's going against him. And, and that or Tyler Hero gets too cocky. Like, those are your two options. You know, it's like Butler yeah, runs that. out of gas or Hero tries too hard. 
I then, lost money on Hero this this um like a week or two ago. I was like, he's not gonna score. It was when they played the Bulls. I was like, he's not scoring over twenty points, and he beat the shit out of us. Eh, I mean, I'm not a big Hero person, so yeah. like I uh, I liked Hero sandwiches. I never had it, but a lot of people I knew had it and liked it, and so I liked <laughs> them because of the idea. <laughs> you liked them because your friends liked them. Uh, yeah, exactly, vicariously. Yeah, because when you look at the the Heat roster, I don't really see anyone outside of Jimmy Butler that worries me. Like Victor Bam, Oladipo could be an issue if he's healthy and effective. That's a big if at this point. Big, big if if he's even healthy to play in the playoffs at yeah, that he, point. He just st- he came back what two games ago. Yeah, he had a pretty all right game. Yeah. Nothing spectacular, but it was better than I was expecting him from his first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but his second game, he only got four points. Yeah, exactly. So. I've had him on my fantasy team enough where I'm like, ah, I love you, but you just never know. You just, yeah, you don't. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the Bulls will be fine. It's either gonna they're going to be the fourth or fifth seed. They could drop down to the sixth seed, which I hope doesn't happen, just because I want Patrick Williams to have the best opportunity, and I feel like starting a series against yeah. an Embiid or a Giannis is going to hurt Patrick Williams' chances. Or they're going to like look at Patrick Williams and be like, okay, we're going to go extra slow with you now, as opposed to, again, if he's matching up against Laurie and Love. Do you think it's... How do you feel about Lonzo's return? Because his injury was the most serious, in my opinion. And I know they estimated kind of, they overestimated his return to be safe. Yeah. But to me, that's a that's an injury that it'll be tough to get back in condition for a seven-game playoff series. He's, just the intensity of the playoffs. He's had this before, though, and has been fine. Uh, and there's been no news, which is good. Like, you know, there has yeah, been no, no news updates. is good news. So I think he'll be fine as long as he gets like maybe five games under his belt. Okay. Before the playoffs. I, I feel fine too, but I do want to gauge how you feel about that. Because like you said, it's been no news. It hasn't even been people showing concern about that. Like, Yeah, it's kind of like a done deal in terms of like he's going to be back very soon. So I, as long as he can get like five games under his belt, I think he'll be fine. And and then okay. again, you, you, can, you can still start I.O., you know, or, you know, you can manage low Monzo because you have Io. And also you have Levine and DeRozan. Yep. So you can, either one of them is comfortable handling the ball. So. And Zach and his turnovers isn't necessarily comfortable, but he likes to. But if DeMar is <laughs> fine and healthy, Zach's not handling the ball. Yeah, exactly. You correct about that. Man, you, you mentioned it in a past episode. It's like we definitely have probably one of the best run up and down court teams in the game they just haven't been but the rosen just he prefers a half court game and that's what you'll see a lot of in the playoffs from every team is half court game so maybe we'll be better off for it uh, the rosen just for my like i i want him to have like an elder statesman vibe to where like he has all these running gun sort of players and i just want him to be like slow down now just take our time and <laughs> yeah. then he can just because that's basically every time he gets the ball you you literally have people that can do crazy dunks have ridiculously amazing athleticism and then you have a DeRozan being like i'm just gonna dribble it right here i'm gonna take my time and then he does methodical yeah <laughs> and, and then it, they win you know so yeah. and it's it's so different than when he was on toronto too because like 
throughout the season, he'd be fucking a freaking stud. But playoff time, it was almost, well, when not even playoff time. When it came to LeBron, he'd play a little faster and out of pace and just kind of seem well, a bit. I think he flustered. learned a lot from Pop. Mm-hmm, like exactly. Popovich kind of taught him to like let the game come to you and people were frustrated with the Rosen because they're like oh he disappeared in San Antonio but that's like that's San Antonio's that was San thing. Antonio's team yeah Duncan is a you know Hall of Famer top 10 all-time best player but Pop got him so quiet that you just never noticed yep and then at the end of his career you look at his stats and you're like fuck <laughs> you're like he put these numbers up consistently. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, real quiet. <laughs> yeah, I think DeRozan, and it's not. It's also not being talked about as much as it should. DeRozan has a chip on his shoulder. He can play the season as cool, calm, and collected as he wants. He's been to the Eastern Conference Finals what two, three times. I think he he realizes that window is closing. And this miss, this whole season has been a mission of like f everybody who didn't believe it. Well, he like, missed out on the championship, even though he mm-hmm. didn't technically, because it's like they wouldn't have probably got that championship if he was in that position. But yeah. that's going to be in the back of his head. Of this, they, like they traded me for for Leonard, and then they won the championship. Yeah, so. and the whole they picked Cal Lowry over him because really they could have probably changed either of those for Kawhi, but they chose to keep Lowry. They had Fred Van Vliet, who was young, but they could have gotten another point guard. Mm-hmm. They really believed in Lowry, which I like Lowry. I've liked him since college. I liked him with Houston. I thought that he was going to fizzle out of the league because he wasn't going to get a chance, and then Toronto gave him that long-term chance, and it was really nice to see. But God, it why? hurt me seeing my boy DeRozan get betrayed like that. Watch somehow the Bulls get the two seed. Toronto stays the seventh seed, <laughs> slip in, and then it's DeRozan putting Toronto away in the playoffs in the first round. <laughs> Just a home game for DeRozan. Yeah. The fans would actually welcome it. Ah, I don't want to sleep on Charlotte either. I, they got a boo-boo record right now. But I'm a big Lumelo fan. Who am I to doubt them? Yeah, I mean, they're a decent team. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they're they're going to go against Atlanta. So Yeah, who I have absolutely no faith in. The Hawks are boo-boo. I'm not even a Trey, Trey Young fan. Like, I, I think he's a fine enough player. But I don't think, I think he's overrated. And I don't think he's the difference maker on a team. Like, you need to get him help to do anything. Yeah, no, to, he's one of those players I look at and I'm like, man, he would be a good number two or number three to yeah. a big dude. Exactly. He, he'd be great as somebody's. He would work hey. better with Embiid than uh, Harden will. He he needs his Clay Thompson, if that's mm-hmm. fair to say. Yeah. He need he needs a, a Ford and a big, a big dude as well. Yeah. Speaking of Clay Thompson, I want to pivot to the West just because if we're talking playoffs, I mean, ultimately, the end goal is a championship, so we have to consider who could be issues in the West. My biggest concern, clearly, is the top three seeds, the Suns, Memphis, and Golden State. But I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to, golly, in a seven-game series, that is very tough to believe anybody can keep up with that. They're like a more athletic, faster-paced Miami Heat. Like, they have all that grit. 
but it's just something different about it. If, if, um, if the standings stay where they are, I really hope it's, uh, Memphis knocking out the Lakers in the first round. (laughs) Why you want that? (laughs) I don't know. I just, I just want that. I, I I don't know. I don't even hate the Lakers. I, I like LeBron. I think he's the greatest player of all time. But I hate, I mean, I don't hate LeBron. Okay. So I hate Cleveland LeBron. But I always have to put statistically, he's going to be the greatest player of all time. Like from a raw yeah, number stat, not the greatest of all time, but statistically he will end the number one in several categories. But yeah, like, he's gonna be here till till Bronny. So yeah, I guess some something about the way he built this team because he did build this current <laughs> Lakers team that I just want to see it fail because it yeah, was I mean, just, it was it was such a poorly put together team. And I it, honestly, as a Mellow fan, believed in them a little bit, but it is, and I want Mellow to get his championship. But this is so satisfying seeing GM LeBron put together quite possibly the most doo-doo Lakers roster that we've seen in two decades. Yeah, no, this is like the worst put together roster. And then just look about his whole run in LA has just been kind of, it feels like, feels like a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know? they, the only time they won was the pandemic bubble year. Yeah, but this, his his whole run just seems like if the pandemic didn't happen, I don't know if they win a championship. Not at all. I, they were worn out. I mean, everything LeBron's career has shown me, he's never played a full season. And as he got older and older, he was more and more needing rest or injured or whatever you want to say it, call it when he's just like, I'm not playing today. I think Anthony Davis is overrated as well. And I know you love Anthony <sighs> Davis. So I just have to say that real quick. Um, it, but I don't you think. You got to be on the court. And I'm at that point where I, I can acknowledge that. I, if the season didn't go on hold for three months, I don't think he would have been healthy enough to win That's a fair. championship. That's fair. They were all very fortunate. But they got three months off, got to play in the bubble, didn't have to travel. So he was healthy enough to be AD. Mm-hmm. And they won a championship. So just seeing him struggle right now and then just them being upset at Russell Westbrook and then Westbrook being like, but this is me. This is Russell Westbrook. What did you expect from me? Yeah, seriously. Is hilarious. LeBron asked me to be here. He told me <laughs> Y'all to do asked for me. Yeah. He told me to do things that I do, and what I do is turn the ball over <laughs> and get triple I I, doubles. I think I mentioned this like our first or second episode. I was like, man, I I get Russ. It had to be our first episode, because it was like in the preseason, Russ was turning the ball over a lot. And he is like, they were like, hey, you concerned about this? He, nah, I don't do that. I, I, I'll get it together by the season start. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and they're benching like, him in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, why not just, why Why you got to give an answer like that, bro? Like, I like Russ, but why you got to do that? Why can't you just say something like, yes, I acknowledge the turnovers and it's obviously something that I don't want to take into the regular season. So clearly we'll work on it. Not some, I don't do that. When well, he, clearly you do. When they were asking him just like, you know, why the season's going terrible. And he's like, I have beautiful kids. And it's just like, dude, come on. Man, he is just. Uh, and I one like thing Westbrook. I, I really like Westbrook. But I'm I'm also annoyed that he's letting these Laker fans get to him so hard. Like, I get it. Like, death threats are not fun. Yeah, but like cool. that should not be allowed. But just people, quote unquote, disrespecting your name. 
bruh, you're disrespecting your own name with the way you're playing. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's one thing you. If, if, you know, he wasn't making crazy mistakes, you know, but like it seems like all criticism he can't handle. And yep. it's just kind of entertaining to see. Not the horrible stuff that, you know, f- fans are doing and stuff, but just yeah. the justified criticisms that he gets and his reactions to them is just kind of hilarious. And then LeBron will go out and have like a triple double with 10 assists or 10 turnovers and then act like people are wrong for calling him out and asking him like what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know where he goes after this Lakers run, but Mm, because it will be a team for him. I don't know. He'll be on Cleveland or something. Let me let me look at the standings and see. <laughs> You're gonna just go I right could, to the bottom seeds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could see him back in okay. Oklahoma oh, no, City, Pop is but retiring, I think they're right? over him. Pop's retiring, so Pop can't take oh. him under his wings. He's just gonna do a. He's just gonna end his career in Oklahoma. There's that's what I'm saying. But they don't. They technically with who Russell Westbrook seems to be in terms of not being willing to go to the bench even if it helps the team. I don't see him playing with Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like, no, I, and I, I know I Shea just... can play one, the point or shooting guard, but I don't see Shea or Shai. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I don't but see I don't him s- staying in Oklahoma. Yeah, not if you bring Russ back. No, so. he's, he's going to be gone and they're going to have no choice but to bring Russ back. Only thing I can see is Portland finally really lets Damian Lillard go do his thing. And they gotta feel the stand somehow, so they sign Russell Westbrook. That's the only team. Maybe the Clippers, since he's already in LA and they don't really have a point guard that's great. That's it. I don't I don't yeah. see anybody else wanting him. You know Not unless he's willing to go to the bench. You know and it's, be a good sport about it. You know it's bad when a trade deadline was going around and they were like, What if they trade Westbrook for Wall and just don't play Wall? Yeah. Like <laughs> I hate to laugh about that, but that was a that was a legit real. thing on the table. But yeah, we should probably wrap up. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, this is a great episode. Hopefully, these ups and downs that the Bulls have been facing will level out as we head into the playoffs. Got about sixteen more games. Um, playoffs begin April sixteenth. Play in starts April or play in games start on uh yeah April twelfth. So that's about a month away. We'll definitely probably speak with you all about a couple times before season's end. And then we will go into playoff mode because the Bulls will be a playoff team. Yep. Hopefully next time we talk, we will have two or three people coming from injuries. Oh, that would be amazing. I, yeah, I don't want to go into it anymore because I, I can tangent for a bit. But I really do hope Patrick Williams is ready to come back. Mm-hmm. Like really, truly. Ready I don't care if that. it's crazy minute management stuff for like ten yeah. games. I I just want to see him playing something, or if they just give him garbage time. Just I'd be fine with that. Just like wing defender time, come in, fill in real quick. Mm-hmm. Guard, nothing too sexy. Oh, someone Find got a into place in the offense next season. Someone got into foul trouble. Okay, you got to yeah. finish up the game now. Exactly. Him and Tristan Thompson coming off the bench is him being the real defender and Tristan being the, like, enforcer. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with. 
especially in a series against Cleveland, because Tristan should take that personally and Patrick would be able to take time off. But yep, that's all, folks. See you next week. Or sorry, in two weeks. Bye. Love you.